Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. I have uh, been selling on Amazon for years. I actually am also a developer. I spend half my time just building software to help our business be more efficient. And that's given me a, a unique perspective. And I, and I hope to just share that with everyone. Today, I have a host Sorry. Uh, yeah, actually, he is a host of his own podcast, E-Commerce Deep Dive. But more importantly, he is the CEO of, of a very successful Amazon agency, so successful that he recently was able to sell it. Um, I have John Giorso on the podcast. Welcome, John. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. So um, it looks like you've been the beneficiary of the increased attention that has happened on Amazon. Uh, e-commerce obviously did really well through, uh, you know, the pandemic where people are, you know, shopping more online, but um, Amazon's kind of having its moment. And so uh, you guys were a part of that. How, uh, how do you feel about that? Are you super stoked? Are you... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, listen, you never want to, you never want to benefit from from a a, a tragedy or a disease sure, in this yeah. case. Um, you know, I think that that the reality in our industry is that the pandemic accelerated a lot of the things that were already happening. I don't think it was a magic bullet. I think if you were a good agency, um, you know, maybe you you caught a bit of a tailwind oh, as a result. And, uh, you know, I think if, if you were, if you were adding value, the value that you were adding now becomes more kind of sought after. Right. Um, so I think, and I think the same, the same thing for brands, right? Like if you were doing a good job as a brand, if you had your stuff together online, you probably saw acceleration of that. Um, yeah. so. I mean, in, investors are very smart. I mean, having gone through an acquisition myself, like, you know, they're looking at last year's data a lot. And if anything, this year's story, just put the final like, yes, go through with it. You know, this is, uh, this is where a lot of retail is moving. And, but how long have, have you know, when did you start your agency? Yeah, so I started. Um, I started doing this in two thousand eight. So. Oh really? Yeah, so it's been about twelve years. So I've seen. Uh, I've seen a lot of changes. Seen a lot of stuff happening. Um, yeah. That that's a, a lot. Er, that's a lot earlier than most people I yeah. hear from. And did you start like from the agency perspective in two thousand eight? Just like you know, working for brands. So it was basically a spinoff of a, of a small family company um, okay. and, you know, essentially started, I started kind of a, a, a division, if you want to call it that, although it was just me. So a one man division uh, of a small company that basically we, we set up items and manage listings for, for brands on the Amazon platform. And actually for us, like, interestingly, we started kind of on the one P side. So I know a lot of the, the, the folks like you and others started on the seller side and the marketplace side. We actually had kind of a different journey where we started on the one key side. Now this was like way back in the day, basically offering a service to set up items because it was such a pain to do yeah. NIS. I mean, so super, super basic, simple service, uh, essentially, yeah. you know, managed the listings, did a few, um, you know, marketing campaigns. There was no advertising back then. There was very little content that you yeah. could even put up. 
And then uh, basically over time, as Amazon got more complicated, as they rolled out more services, we built coinciding services. So they launched more content capabilities, we built content capabilities. They launched uh, advertising portal, you know, we figured that out and started, you know, getting resources and tech and everything else. So. You know, I don't think I've talked to too many people uh, or anyone on the podcast that has experience with one uh, P, you know, where, you know, you're uh, selling directly to Amazon. How now, um, where we know that uh, more of the volume is shifting to Seller Central and, and agencies are also pushing Seller Central uh, to get the higher margins. Um, how do you balance this with your current clients where they may be interested in going one route or the other? Yep. So uh, we, we are platform agnostic. So even though kind of our, our starting point, you know, 12 years ago was 1P, we learned pretty quickly that to be true Amazon experts, we had to be proficient in both sides of the platform, uh -huh. especially to work with national brands when they're having to constantly make these decisions. Should I do 1P? Should I do 3P? Should I do hybrid? Maybe that answer was different last year than it is this year. Maybe yeah. it'll be different next year. So, you know, we really try to take an agnostic view. So we want to be guiding our clients in the route that we think is truly best for their business, not best for our skill set. Awesome. No, you, and you're totally right. We uh, enter in some conversations where like uh, people just don't want to sell it themselves. It's not yeah. how their accounting is set up. And yeah. Uh, they're looking for others to do that. They just want to focus on what they do and that's make products and, you know, uh, make that execute well. And so a 1P or like, you know, an authorized seller is kind of more their route. They don't want to actually hold an account that has, you know, all those pluses and minuses. So, um, interesting. Um, have you ever had any very, this is a, a uh, an interesting question where a very large 1P relationship want to push over to 3P and then say Amazon says, no, you can't do that. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've had several situations where that's happened. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like it's Amazon's platform. They make yep. the rules, right? Like you can, you, you should always try to do your best to work within those rules. You know, maybe, uh, there's some that you can bend a bit or there's gray areas, but for the most part, like it's their, it's their platform. So if they say, no, you can't do this, you have to understand that that's the reality of it and then try to find the best way to kind of, you know, navigate, uh, navigate through. So yeah, we've, we've had that come up. Um, several times to kind of varying degrees of intensity over the years. Yeah, I, I've seen that as well. And, you know, sometimes it's a game of chicken, like, <laughs> or I've seen like, well, you say you're going to shut us down, but like, have you done it yet? And so uh, some brands will have like a backup strategy. Uh, either way, it's, it's, it, I, what you said is totally right. Like this is uh, Amazon's platform and it's their rules. And um Everyone knows on my podcast, I talk plenty about those where, you know, things that can lead to suspensions and for the most part, or actually a hundred percent of the time, I'll always recommend just like learn their rules and, you know, play by them and you can absolutely grow within that. Yeah. Yes. I agree. So, so um, I, you probably have a, a, a large experience with dealing with small brands to large brands. And mm -hmm. what is the difference between like in 2020 now, a strategy that, that, you know, can work for a small brand or it can work for a large brand, but like maybe like a small brand doesn't have like the money for that or the resources. Like what's when, when you're approaching different size clients, what do you think about or how do you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting to me. It's more representative, and this is this is correlated oftentimes with size of a brand on the platform. But it's more representative of where they are in their journey. For for example, you could have a ten million dollar brand that's like kind of a niche, established category, an established player, and they're kind of like they're doing really well at ten million. You could have another ten million dollar brand that is like really under indexed. They should be a hundred million, so they're just getting started. Right. So, so it's somewhat, even though they're both 10 million, they're very different situations. So it depends a lot on kind of just the life cycle of where that brand is on the platform. Have they just launched? Are they under indexed? Are they kind of, you know, are they, are they the category leader already? But, you know, it's once you get past the foundational elements of launching a product, you know, you're retail ready, you have reviews, you have good content, you know, you're in stock, et cetera. You have a, a, a prime offer. Um, what we're doing for smaller brands uh, can be largely extrapolated to larger brands. You just tend to kind of layer things on top once you get to a certain point, because once you get to a certain point, you've picked off a lot of the low hanging fruit. So for example, you've kind of started to max, uh, max out sponsored ads. You know, you've, you've, you've gotten kind of all the, the really strong ROI there. You need to go start looking at other advertising options. So primarily DSP, uh, is a big kind of um, next step in terms of an ad strategy. Uh, maybe you've, you've kind of, you've covered all the basics of content of A plus of a good brand store. Now you need to go above and beyond that. Look at some kind of incremental merchandising options. You need to start driving traffic from off platform to Amazon. You need to start working more with influencers, working more with, you know, kind of these um, newer, more, uh, somewhat kind of niche Amazon programs, things like Amazon posts, um, you know, other programs that aren't going to be like, they're not going to be the cornerstone of your strategy, but they can offer incremental opportunities kind of over and above that foundational stuff. Absolutely. I mean, like it's uh, one way I like to think about marketing is you're building assets that um, over time, just like uh, they grow and um, you know, uh, a good product page is an asset and allows you like, it takes work to get to that point. And then, and then on top of that, you're like, Oh, let's build a brand store. That's an additional asset. And, um, that's a really good way to put it. It really just depends where the brand is at there. There generally always is improvements, you know, to make. Yeah. And, the, and the final one I think that you kind of touched up on was uh, into additional merchandising opportunities where like we actually are, really big on variation pages and how uh, they, they just add more value to a single product, uh, a product page. Yeah. Yeah. And, I agree with that. And then you, it's like, if you spend money to bring someone to a page, might as well give them more offers, you know, different uh, bundle packs or, uh, or colors. Um, and uh, you know, we, we, we invented a number we're, we're considering putting this in some of our reports, calling it merchandising density. We're like, you know, how many uh, variations per uh, page do you have? Um, that's really good advice that you, you have right there. So now um, adding on to that, um, when you look at, say a new client or, you know, uh, across the platform, what do you see people not executing on that? Like, uh, is just like a miss that, that happens on Amazon. Yeah. So I would say that there's, there's two big issues that I see happening all the time with brands. Um, the first is that they get 
too caught up in the cool new shiny program like amazon post is a good example of that actually what what is amazon post i've actually never heard of it yeah so amazon post is it's kind of like an instagram clone that amazon's testing um it's in beta right now so it's not available to all brands in all categories but it's it's like in baby and it's in home and a few other categories and it's a way to kind of repurpose influencer content on a detail page so it's it's not going to make or break your business. Right. But it's like a cool thing to add on once you've kind of done all the other basics. But the the issue I see is that brands come in day one, you know, they have a 30% rep out of stock rate. They, they have bad reviews that, you know, they have 70% of their catalog set up and, and they talk about all they want to talk about is this like new program. And it's like, yeah. guys, you're, you're talking, you're picking out the, the wallpaper for your house and you haven't even like laid the foundation or done the framing yet. So like, the, the idea of kind of not getting the basics right first, like that blocking and tackling is so critical. Right. To a business. So that's, that's the first mistake I see happening a lot. The second mistake I see happening is just underspending on advertising. Just, just not understanding that like it is now a pay to play platform. Like it's easy for the agency guy to say, spend more money. So that's not our, our goal is not to just say, Hey, spend more, spend more, but like, let's spend more as long as you have a real, a positive ROI, but finding a way to really measure that ROI that's more expansive than just ROAS or ACOS where you're actually considering, um, you know, the second order effects, the impact to organic rank, et cetera. And then, um, and then defining a, a realistic budget to drive your sales. Um, right. Those are probably the two biggest misses I see. Yeah. And um, I think the most obvious when you like consider the uh, second order effects of advertising, like you just suggested, um, like grocery having repeat purchase rate. And like, if you can like, if you can calculate a repeat purchase rate or, uh, you know, say a product actually has like a viral or like where they talk about it to their friends, you know, it's, it's got kind of this uh, growth engine. Like that's where you just want to be spending all you can. If you got numbers that justify it, uh, you know, go big. Yeah. And um, so, you know, in the last year alone, there's been so many changes to advertising um, Amazon's advertising platform. It's, uh, it's actually awesome to see what they're doing. And right now, you know, this is August of 2020. What do you see as your favorite, uh, advertising placements? Yeah. Um, I know that, uh, we've had some, some pretty good success, uh, with the video and search, uh, beta. I think that's been really, um, uh, really effective is that the same as sponsor brands video um you know i should know the answer to this i believe they're two separate yes i think they 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 are separate but i wonder if sometimes they actually compete for the same placements yeah i i I think they might you know you never know amazon also multiple programs and they combine them sometimes. They, they, no, they, they, they absolutely started as separate things and yeah. they, bo- they both are real on their own. Yeah. Um, but I think the video and search is more for like the DSP side of things yeah. Yeah. where like you're talking to that group of the Amazon advertising engine. Whereas like, so if you're on the seller central side in their sponsor brands, you know, uh, there's like, they just added a video feature. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, 
I really only discovered this like a month ago and really big on it. It's got amazing placement, like right there, you know, on desktop, it gets an entire row. And it stands uh, out too, because you're just looking at static imagery and then all of a sudden there's a video. Yeah. Like it, really, it really stands. Yeah. So I think I almost would talk about both of those in the same, in the same way. Uh -huh. um, and I know I've heard, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit removed from this, but I've heard from our team that I think we're having good success with both. I will say the one important thing to keep in mind, um, most of Amazon's advertising uh, is not super dependent on creative. It's so modular that like, you know, for example, um, you know, sponsored ad is like, there is no creative, right? It's just yeah. like the image and the price. It just shows up. It's all, it's all automated. Video is yeah. creative. Like it matters what that asset is, what that video asset yeah. is. That will determine your success or lack thereof. So. And so I've actually talked a little bit about this. Uh, someone mentioned to me the other day, they're like, the first three seconds of that video are the most important. You know, you have a little bit of time to get their attention. And so I'm like, well, you better be showing the product, like what, at least a feature of the product, like right off the gate. Yeah. Because, you know, you're on your phone, you're looking at products. It's kind of weird. Yeah, to like, all of a sudden. You yeah, don't want product search, right? You're not right. like you're not watching the Super Bowl and right. then having like random entertainment content. I mean, it's it should be a fairly you can be entertaining a little bit, that's okay, but like it should be fairly practical. Like right. you're you're looking for something. You're typing in running shoes, you're looking for running shoes. You're you're right. not necessarily looking I mean, to be inspired. You know? I would say I would say if you're having a person talking, they better have that product right yeah. there. You yeah. know, I agree. don't don't just uh, rely on charisma because you know I, the these these sponsored videos. I think when you start it, there is audio to them, but the audio audio never like auto plays. And so assume that eighty percent of the people that are gonna you know get an impression are not gonna uh, listen to the video. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's, it's a, a moving image. And like, obviously every video is sort of a moving image, but what I mean by that is like, yeah, it's a couple seconds of movement and like it needs to be on the product to catch someone's attention or they're just going to scroll right past it. I mean, you literally as fast as you can scroll down a page is how much time you have to catch somebody's attention. So, um, so yeah. So, um, you talked, you mentioned about, you know, you know, something that people are scared to do is like not spend enough in advertising, but that you're not just, you don't just want to advertise uh, just for sales that there are these uh, that you're like, that you're getting position. Um, what is your experience with um, PPC leading to organic ranks? Uh, our experience is it's very correlated. Yeah, uh, th th there's a direct, in fact, it's, it's causal. There's a direct impact. Um, we see it when we increase spend and spend on different keywords. And then we see it in some cases, usually against our recommendation for varying reasons. We've had clients just like cut off their ad spend, which is never a good idea. Right. But unfortunately we've seen that scenario play out as okay. well. I can tell you their organic rank will just tank when that happens. Um, have you ever like targeted a keyword spent on that keyword and then got the placement for it where that, that you're like, okay, we're getting the first five. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I seem to like always get the peripheral keywords and the one that I want, I'm like, get us right here. 
yeah. uh, we, we can't just quite get it. And it, it, likely it could come down to conversion rate as we know that the algorithms, you know, they're factoring so many things and sure you could spend a million dollars on a keyword, but if like another product converts better. It's, it's a factor and it's an important factor, but it's not the only thing. Like you can't, there's no like hack where you can just spend this much and automatically get the first spot. You have to do everything else right, right. as well as the competition. So you're right. You need to have the same engagement rate, conversion rate, add to cart rate, you know, uh, amount of reviews. Amazon still factors all that into the relevancy ranking. But then if you're able to sufficiently bump up glance views via paid, you know, if, assuming everything else is equal and then all of a sudden you have more glance views than a competitor, that should put you above them. Yep. Um, so we only have uh, four months left in uh, what can be the most chaotic year of e-commerce. Um, what do you see specifically happening with Amazon? I could almost, at this point, I could say like almost every month previous till March has almost had its own story, you know, and what do you see happening for these next few months as they play out into uh, Christmas particularly? Yeah, I see Q4. Um, we're really bullish on Q4 uh, for a couple reasons. One, we're always bullish on Q4. I mean, <laughs> right. Not to be, but like you have Prime Day now in Q4. Um, plus you have a, and I'm not going to, you know, play, play a doctor on the internet, but like you... You have a, there's a decent case that COVID in the U.S. gets worse um, and that you have uh, more people that are just do not want to be in physical spaces shopping. So you have a, a, a bigger shift or continued shift online. So you have all these kind of um, compounding factors that really could make Q4 like truly unprecedented in terms of volume. Maybe that's all obvious to people. Here's what I would say, though, as an outcome, I think is important to keep in mind uh, something that we've been pushing a lot uh, with our clients is that I don't think you'll have anything as dramatic as what happened in April happened in Q4, you know, the essential, non-essential, can't send product to FBA, you know, can't send, send product in network. I don't think you're going to have it happen at that scale, but you might have some of that happen. It is possible that there is enough volume in Q4 where it, it forces Amazon to watch again, to decide this product's more important than this product. We'd rather have PlayStations than, you know, uh, this pair of the, the, the 70th listing of stocks on the site, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna pick PlayStation over that. They always do that to some degree, um, but it could be exacerbated this before. So my recommendation that brands have uh, a diversified fulfillment strategy. You're not just entirely reliant on FBA. You're not just entirely reliant on the network. You're using direct fulfillment. You're using merchant fulfillment. You have some sort of backup. Yeah. Um, yeah, this really is kind of a year for the FBM operation, the, the fulfilled by merchant. And it, even if you're launching a product where I hear now that they're limiting you to 200 units, you need that uh, strategy coupled with it. Um, that's a really interesting perspective. And like we, we only have a few more months and we're living it out right now. So um, I always say, you know, a good Q4 strategy starts like in Q2, you know, 
people are like, what are you going to do for, uh, you know, Prime Day or even, uh, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? I'm like, well, we that's what we've been doing this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we spend all year to get ready for that to finally, you know, burst uh, over the top sales. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, John, for your time. Very generous, especially uh, since you're leading uh, a, a successful business. If you want to learn more about, uh, you know, I, I actually came across John about a year ago on LinkedIn. He puts together a lot of like very to the point, very knowledgeable videos about uh, different programs on Amazon. So on LinkedIn, he's definitely worth a follow there, but he has his own podcast, e-commerce deep dive. And, you know, if you're always, if you're interested in their services, orcapacific.com. And so thank you, John. Yeah, Scott, thank you. And uh, it's actually orcapac, O-R-C-A-P-A-C.com. Oh, right, right, right. Um, we're still trying to get a hold of that orca pacific <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, you know other entrepreneurs i think know knows how uh, how that goes but anyway i appreciate you having me on it's been fun okay all right well um that's it for this episode stay tuned to next week i've got uh, a lot more stuff coming along and uh take care and get ready for uh, q4 sales one two three <laughs> This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.